Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Hey, y'all, let me unmute my mic here. Welcome in. It's the Georgia Show. Um, I know there's allegedly a Georgia basketball game going on right now up in Knoxville, but we will keep you entertained and abreast of uh, a lot of things going on with the football team right now because that's probably more fun to talk about. What's up, Jake? Hey, man, that basketball game – it's not going too well right now. Uh, we'll uh, we'll revisit it if it is if it if it takes a turn for the better. Uh, right now, not doing great. Yep, we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on the comeback of the century. Until that happens, let's jump right in to the news of the day. I believe, and it's that kind of uh, that time of year. It's mock draft season, man. And I started here about a year ago exactly give or take a few days and uh i just remember all the hype all the buzz was about those you know 15 guys however many guys we thought it was going to be at the time that we're going to get drafted right now it's all about the mailman and what mel kuyper jr had to say about him going in the third round that caused some waves today you know trent dilfer said the same thing uh, about two three months ago uh, Trent Dilfer now head coach at University of Alabama, Birmingham. 
he was at the time um, the head coach at Lipscomb Academy or whatever there in Nashville and, and appearing on the Ryan Rosillo show. And, uh, you know, listen. Yelling Trent at Dilfer, kids. What's that now? <laughs> yelling at kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yelling at kids. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he was doing it the right way. Trent Dilfer is, a, is an equal opportunity lover of quarterbacks. Um, I, I've learned that over the years. He he likes them all um, because listen, I mean, if you're, I don't care if you're Stetson Bennett or if you are the you know the starting quarterback at Valdosta State, harking back to Buster Faulkner back in 2002, 2001, 2002, um, or if you are you know Patrick Mahomes, you're good. You're better than so many others that, that do it. And and I think that's the approach that kind of Trent Dilfer takes. But but he he said the same thing, and and, and I kind of agree with him. Um, not necessarily because I think he's just this like special talent, but he he does he knows how to win. He's got a little moxie to him. Um, I don't think he cares what people think. I really don't like he may he may pay attention to it, and he may channel he may channel it in such a way that makes him that it motivates him. But I don't think it really bothers him. I don't think he takes it to heart. Um, and I don't know. I, I agree. I think an NFL team is going to end up taking him um, either late day two or very early day three. Um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily – I wouldn't say third. Um, I would kind of hedge my bets and say I don't think he gets out of the fourth round. But Stetson's going to get picked. And um, I'm interested to see how it goes for him. I'm interested to see if it, if it turns into a Charlie Whitehurst – um, Chase Daniel type situation, or if it turns into a Brock Purdy situation, uh, because I do believe if he ever gets an opportunity, he'll show it. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember this, Wes. You may have been. Uh, how old are you? You're 33. Yeah, yeah, 33. Um, do you remember when Eric Zier got a chance with the Buccaneers? No, I, I'm yeah. not. I was not well versed enough in my dogs. Yeah, I, I remember when Easy Easy got a chance with the Buccaneers, and I want to say it was like early on in the regular season. He ran a ball in. They weren't a very good team, um, but he got a shot and he he showed some things. I, I think Stetson might kind of have that same sort of debut, and I think it'll be received differently now than it was then. I think now's NFL sets up a little bit better for Stetson Bennett. When you look back historically at Georgia quarterbacks there hasn't really been much middle ground. It's been Matthew Stafford, Fran Tarkenton, and everybody else. And my guy, Shock, I, I, I wished that he had a chance. Um, if not for an injury there with the Falcons, that could have been a really great story. But um, it didn't shake out for Aaron Murray, one of the greatest quarterbacks in SEC in Georgia history. Uh, didn't shake out for David Green. He was one of those – legendary college quarterbacks no knock on him it just didn't work out in the pros so in the same thing with jake Fromm, um who got drafted what in the fifth was it the fifth round for jake yeah i believe so so yeah i i in my gut feel like stetson will go higher than that um what do you make of the report today I think out kicked the coverage had it first from jim nagy that stetson will not play in the senior bowl you know, you think I, that hurts him, drops him around or around and a half or what? It doesn't help him. I mean, it definitely doesn't help him. I think Stetson, um, you know, I mean, I, listen, I, I don't think this is, and I don't think this is make or break, and I don't think it's a character issue. And 
you know, God knows as much as I've defended Stetson Bennett over the years, I hope he doesn't read some headline that hears me saying this and think that I've all of a sudden turned into a hater. I, I don't think – I mean, I think it's a bad decision. I, I think he should go and and ball and, and, and be Stetson. Um, I get it. You know, Buck Ballou said it really well. Um, you know, he's played 30 games the past two years. He's the only player in college football to do that. Uh, the only the only quarterback in college football, the mental load, the emotional load of, of playing, you know, 30 games the past two seasons. That's a lot. That is a lot. And, um, you know, so, so I definitely get it. Uh, but, but I think Stetson should play. I think he should go put a few deep balls on the number. Um, you know, I think he should go and, and, and show kind of his twitch and, and ability to get away from the rush. Uh, I think it'd be a good deal. I've got a story pre-written for him to accept the, uh, a bid to the senior bowl. I got to delete it. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's got to go off into the ether. Now I had just good story. Um, you know, one of the top, you know, two, 250,000 I've ever written. Um, it was going to so, set records at Dogs it, HQ. For it was. Sure. It was. Gonna, it was going to set records for for Stetson Bennett um, for for the best story ever written um, about Stetson Bennett, except when Reese's uh, Senior Bowl. Almost I, every single time I say that, Wes, I want to say Reese's Peanut Butter Bowl. Well, I don't that's, know why it just it just flows right out. The marketing in that event that yeah. I would not watch a second of if I didn't work in this industry, but I do watch it because there's a story every five minutes on a Georgia player these days, it seems like. Yeah. Marketing works, man. Yeah, it does. I can't watch it, watch the coverage of it all week without going out and picking up more okay. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. God, than I, I, I thought you were about to tell me that you couldn't watch it because you didn't like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. No, so no, no. The like... exact opposite. I, I was – Man, we were gonna have to make some tough decisions. I start to get the sugar sweats every time I yeah. watch it. I had one today. Like I, I had like a, you know, you can get the single, the single big cup at the at the uh, Kroger checkout. What, you know, like the, the four pounder? No, no, just the one single big cup. Oh you know, yeah, 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 one thick cup. And I gra I grabbed one of those, couple hundred calories. Um, you know, Easy. kind of a kind of a treat. Uh, you know, yeah. So I had one of those in a bottle of water, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I really do believe Stetson should have participated. I think he should, I think he could have helped himself. Um, is it going to be, is it going to mean the difference in getting drafted or not? No. Um, but, but I do believe Stetson could have, could have kind of come in and with all of his experience, being a 25 year old dude and kind of the, the, the situations that he had been in in terms of a national championship, SEC championship, college football playoff last two years, I think his nerves would have been down, would have been maybe in a better spot than others. And I think he could have performed and and, and maybe made a name for himself. Yeah, here's what it kind of reminds me of, and I know it's a different situation, but last year at Georgia's Pro Day, Stetson could have been the quarterback throwing deep balls to Pickens uh, and getting some work in in front of all those scouts. And there was kind of a murmur, a buzz, like, why isn't Stetson doing this? If he really wants a shot to get drafted, wouldn't you think he would want to display it now? And Carson Beck was the guy that was getting to throw footballs in front of, you know, Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick. So I see it both ways. I understand what you're saying. Uh, why not do that extra work? But maybe he is – kind of playing things close to the vest and not wanting to put things out there to be dinged further. You can't prove a negative. I know you can ding him for not going to the senior bowl or for not throwing last year. Obviously, I would think he would work out 
at the House of Pain when the scouts come for Pro Day this year. Yeah. Um, but maybe he just doesn't want to put too much out there and continue to be out in front of scouts and have them say, man, he's tiny. You know, like, I don't know. There's a lot of counsel. There's a lot of advice that goes into that. And when you're already being doubted, I can see why you'd probably want to just make the most of those moments that you do get, like the real combine and Georgia's pro day. Well, they're going to have plenty of opportunity to size them up. I mean, I I would be shocked if he doesn't get invited to the combine. Um, and if he gets invited, he's going to show up. Um, whether he works out or not, he's going to show up and do some interviews. So I think, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that he's worried about people sizing him up. Um, I get the apprehension of the Senior Bowl because you go out there and, you know, you are doing different interviews and talking with different organizations and meeting different scouts. And you know, if you're a little off, maybe that hurts you. Um, you know, Stetson, listen, he, he's got a lot to lean on because – you know, I talked about those 30 starts and how exhausting those were. Uh, that's that's 30 starts. You know, that's that's 30, not necessarily 30 starts, but, you know, I guess because JT Daniels started, what, three games last year? But it's 30 games, and it's 30, and, and you're talking about, you know, six postseason games. You're talking about MVP in five of those six. Um, so we start kind of, I think, answering our question there at some point there when you start talking about what he did in game action and um again i really think that that he missed an opportunity to maybe really impress but he maybe also missed an opportunity to fail and and you know and at this time of year failure is not rewarded you know nobody's sitting there hey man good job pat you on the back you you went out there and you gave it a shot and you failed and we respect you for that nobody does that this time no of year. they're looking for reasons to ask him out drop him not pick him Here's what Stetson had to say. By the way, he won the Manning Award. We we immediately pivot into draft talk, and that's Danny all. Manning. Congrats to Stetson winning the Manning Award. But this is what he had to answer, how he started his answer uh, in that Manning Award acceptance about people doubting his pro potential. The NFL draft, you're already being discounted. Does that kind of uh, irritate you a little bit? I told people. Um, wow. Wow. My dog just threw up. Um, we'll clean that up later. So, yeah, just because of that, some scout out there is already saying, ah, oh, drop him. His dog throws up. Dude, I, I'll never forget the first day. Um, you know, so my first day teaching, like my first day, you know, teaching over at Cedar Shoals High School, I wake up in the morning and, you know, you just – I kind of wake up, I go in the bathroom, and all of a sudden you just hear it. The dog is heaving. The, the the old yellow lab, Rennie, named after Rennie Curran. Um, <laughs> she's she's heaving, and it sounds like she's about to turn loose, like you know, you know, just you know, a whole gut full of full of everything. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's my first day. I'm running late. Here we go. Got to drive across town. Lived on the west side. Coached on the east side of Athens. Taught on the east side of Athens. And, you know, she threw up like nine pieces of dog food at one time onto the carpet that I had to clean up. But you know, what a panicky feeling for Stetson, but what a funny moment. I've shown my kids that clip about five times, Wes, and they just laugh every single time. <laughs> um, I don't know what kind of dog he has. Someone tweeted at us and, and said something about 
man, Uga's not feeling too great. And that just cracked me up because the thought of Stetson just gets Uga because yeah. he won back-to-back national championships is also a pretty cool thought. <laughs> blue healer. I, I'm going to choose to believe he, he has a – he has an Aussie Shepherd or a Blue Heeler, a, a cow dog or something of the of the sort, you know, with the Nahana and uh and Blackshear background. But I think Stetson's gonna get drafted. Stetson's gonna be fine in the NFL. He's gonna make some money. Um, and and he, you know, he's gonna save a lot more money than I save because he's he's not gonna have to pay for a drink at normal bar or little kings or uh all good or cutters or you know, you name it. Marker he's seven, he's gonna have a nice uh yeah red tail snapper anytime he wants to go in how about this before we move on here true or false jake i'm trying to find the comment someone said if stetson was six foot two he'd be going in the first round if not in the top 10 what do you think about that it's just stetson, the height that's holding him back if stetson is six foot two stetson is not uh stetson is has already been in the league for three years um he he didn't win a couple national championships as a bulldog um Stetson Bennett was probably Georgia's starting quarterback and 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 scholarship guy starting in 2017 I mean all sorts of history is out of whack um maybe Georgia wins in 2017 I don't know but you know Stetson uh Stetson's a really talented cat man and the fact that he is a, he is 5'11 and I want to say this to people Stetson's Stetson's 5'10 plus probably 5'11 anybody who's talking about 5'8 5'9 he's not I am a legit five nine, you know, five nine and you know, like maybe an eighth or whatever. Stetson's taller than I am. Well, according to the internet, Jake, he's five eight and thirty-five years old. So yeah. the stats are a little off. He's a five ten and a half minimum, um, twenty-five year old. And uh, but if he was six two, uh I don't think he wins two national championships in Georgia. Max won. Uh, he doesn't win the 2021 or 2022 national championship at Georgia uh, because he's he's long gone by then because he's that talented. He's that athletic. He's a good player. Um, I believe in him, and and I think he's going to do some good things. By the way, Wes, you're bringing up this breaking tea thing. My wife, um, I opened a package the other day. My wife just said, you know, to heck with it. We're ordered. We're getting breaking teas for, for her and the kids. She's a Georgia grad, double dog. And uh, she ordered – the uh, between the hedges where the champions play, um, and it has the national championship years on there with the back to back 2021 2022. Let me find that one, yeah, they're uh, they're loving them. So, um, which one was it? Uh, it is that one right there on the bottom right, right there in the middle row between Here. the hedges where the ch- where the champions play, the red one right where the cursor is. Oh, That's there's it. stuff on the back, and you can get hoodies, and you can get a hoodie. I'm yeah. failing at my read, at my sponsorship yeah. read here. That's a baller shirt, man. And listen, it's high quality, too. It's really high quality. It's well-made. Um, the kids love them. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed with it. I'm going to see – I was going to hit up Breaking Tees and be like, hey, uh, I got a bunch of nephews. I've got like – I've got three nephews and a niece that are – their mother is an Auburn fan. Um, and, I, I, you know, I was thinking about maybe trying to get them some uh, – get them some t-shirts and get some photos made that way we can kind of memorialize them as dog fans it seems like there's a new one every time i pull this up i like this one that dog will hunt yeah that's the and and the britches the britches stripe right there yeah Yeah, that's good that's good stuff that is good Um, i can't i can't lie though seeing will hunt right there makes me think of goodwill hunting (laughs) it's It's not not your fault fault, josh heupel it's not (laughs) your fault it's not your fault 
Um, yeah, y'all check it out. Breaking tea. I know y'all need a new Georgia t-shirt, hoodie, coffee mug, all the above. The link to breaking tea is always in the show description. Um, how about that Josh Heupel, uh, extension? What'd you make of that? Uh, it's tough, man, because I really do respect the job that he's done for the past two years, but part of me and I'm a big, I'm I'm a, I'm a, you know, girthy man. Uh, a big portion of, of my mass believes that Josh Heupel kind of stumbled into Hendon Hooker. Um, and, and I think that because of this, right. I'm not, I really don't want Tennessee fans like all over my back because I do have a lot of respect for that program, but um, Scott Frost had you, you, UCF doing something. Josh Heupel came in, guys. It was trending down. It was he took that over, and it Josh Heupel down. born on third base at UCF. Yeah, at UCF, it trended down. Now he got the Tennessee job, and he turned it around. But did he turn it around because? You know, did he turn it around because he evaluated and he, you know, acquired? Or did he turn it around just kind of because some things kind of, you know, fell on his lap? And I don't know that answer. You know, I believe in his scheme. I really do. I believe that year after year, I don't care who you are, um, year after year, it is – everybody tries and thinks maybe, okay, you're going to figure this thing out, and you don't because – they're, they're going to split those receivers out outside the numbers. And they're going to set you up in a, hey, are you declaring? Are you covering? Or are you playing the run? There's none of this, like, nickel blitz against Tennessee. I mean, they they really kind of take that out of the picture. But um, is Jalen Hyde on the roster? Is Cedric Tillman on the roster? Is Hendon Hooker on the roster? Are they going to be as good on the offensive line? They haven't recruited as good – um, as they did when when they had you know uh, when they had Darnell Wright and, and those guys, so I'm interested to see because it's going to go one way or the other. Either Tennessee's about to be a problem, or Tennessee is a paper tiger. And I really believe um, that that, and I lean towards the latter. I think Tennessee is a paper tiger, and I think you know I, I'm one of the ones that you know when Georgia's schedule came out that I felt, hey, Tennessee is going to be really tough to deal with in Knoxville. And then I saw Georgia deal with Tennessee that had zero chance. Not one. Georgia gave them a gift on the first drive of the game and still just, I mean, just beat the piss out of them. Like, oh, so I'm looking over. at uh, on three's transfer portal tracker right now. And uh, it's a great resource. If y'all haven't checked it out, you can toggle teams on this portal tracker and see you know where guys are going per like by school um and i'm looking right now and i thought look if tennessee hasn't recruited that well uh how are they doing in the portal and you can look and see the teams that have gone or the players that have gone to tennessee through the portal and as of right now it looks like they have one receiver that they've picked up through the portal dante thornton uh out of Oregon, and I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. There's a tight end, uh, McAllen Castles, which sounds like a like a golf course in Scotland. It sounds like a scotch. Yeah, it does. Take a sip of that. 
Uh, so, yeah, I mean, to your point, if you want to be a sustainable threat to Georgia in the East, and I wrote about this today, kind of piggybacking off of a, a USA Today column mentioning how big of a threat LSU is to Bama. LSU and Bama are going to go toe-to-toe for the foreseeable future as long as Saban stays around and Bama is what it is. Bama's not going anywhere. I'm going to get to that in chopping wood. But for years, you know, you had Auburn and Alabama beating each other up, but Bama just being elite. You had LSU and Bama kind of trading blows. Sometimes LSU would get the upper hand, and sometimes Auburn would get the upper hand. But who was going to rise up in the East before these divisions get expansioned out and turn into whatever they are? I, I mean, Tennessee may never have another chance to be that team, to be – the LSU to Georgia, to Georgia's Alabama, if that makes sense. So I just don't know how Tennessee can stack it up if they're not bringing it in the portal, if they're not recruiting like it, and if their offense is such a one-trick pony uh, that Kirby Smart's defense just snuffs it out, snuffs it out every time. One-trick pony, I think, is a little harsh, but Georgia – has you know if okay if, how about uh, a, a one-trick pony in the context of facing georgia's defense they can make you a one-trick pony. right yeah yeah i totally agree with that georgia's if if tennessee's uh if tennessee's offense is a bacteria if it's strep georgia's doxycycline i mean that's just i mean because georgia can just go man on man play both sides of the block and keep you from gashing them in the run game with base personnel uh, but that's not really the that that's not really the story here. The story here is the fact that Georgia, without rain in Sanford Stadium this past year, could have hung sixty on Tennessee. It could have named the score, and Tennessee fans don't want to hear that because I read VolQuest. Okay, I like Brent Hubbs and Austin Price and those dudes. Um, they're good dudes. And I like reading their board because I like reading the information they put out because they kind of give you some reflections as to, you know, kind of how you can view what you're talking about. Right. Um, I see their fans. They're like, well, you know, George only won. What was it? 27, 13. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I, mean, I don't know what to tell those Tennessee fans. It could have been 97 to 13. I mean, Georgia, Georgia did not have to let off. Georgia kind of they toyed with you with you. They were the, you know, they were that, you know, Maine Coon cat that's just sort of swiping at the little, you know, swiping at the little ping pong ball on the string. I mean, it was it was bad. And um, they don't seem to realize that. So I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe they're the ones uh, that they're all that. watching the basketball game right now, and that's yeah. what they're gonna have to talk about for they're the saying game. just like baseball. Right. You know, I mean, they're not saying anything about football because, uh, you know, Georgia Georgia could have wishboned them this year. I mean, they could just grab one leg, grab the other one, split them wide open and have at it, but they didn't. Could have spatchcocked them. What's up, Jake Roos? Spatchcocked. Howdy, howdy. So, um, that was kind of just a brief aside uh, because I brought up Josh Heupel, but once again, guys, the wide receiver position could could be a, could be an issue. For Georgia uh, in 2023, you bring in Ra Ra Thomas, bring in uh, uh, Dominic, and now all of a sudden, AD Mitchell's gone, and Ra Ra's career is up in the air. And we're not going to 
speculate. We don't know what's going to happen, so don't ask us about that. But one way or another, how much of a difference does Ra-Ra standing with the team uh, matter for Georgia's depth? Jake, Rowe, is, is it a make or break deal? Let's say if he can't join the team for 2023. I don't think it's make or break. Uh, I still think he, here's how much Georgia improved that wide receiver room, not just from recruiting and transfer portal, but from uh, the 2021 class with Dylan Bell. Georgia's still in a lot better shape than they were. the Because if you think about this time last year, Jermaine Burton had left. Um, I'm sorry, Georgia fans, to bring up this really bad memory, but Stetson Bennett had decided to stay. And I know for those of you that didn't want that to happen, that's probably a painful memory right now. That's probably a really painful memory because you're you're getting beaten in the face with that and you deserve it. All right. So, uh, but no, 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 you know, they're not saying it now. Yeah. Yeah. Stetson had Stetson decided to come back. Um, Jermaine Burton had left. You didn't know how close you came, but Darnell Washington was almost out the door. Okay. He was almost there. Um, Amarius Mims left later, but he too was out the door. Okay. So it was, it was bad, but, um, you know, you had Lad McConkey coming back, but you didn't know Lad. You didn't necessarily know Lad was an 800, 900 total yard guy. Um, you know, you knew what you had in Brock Bowers. No Dominic Lovett. Um, you had A.D. Mitchell, which you felt good about, but you didn't, you know, Marcus Rosemary Jackson hadn't done anything um, really to that point. You didn't really feel confident in him coming back. I think Georgia's still in a lot better shape. And the class, well, and the class last year, did not did not stack up to this very very true good point good point jack yeah i mean bell Bell was a great a great find and i mean it it certainly has panned out for him but outside of him i mean your top ranked guy on the wide receiver core was denylon morissette number 203 in the nation at the time um and finished that way so it wasn't like you had a lot of guys i I mean outside of bell there were no real contributors out of that freshman class either i think that that's not going to be the case personally this year i think that some of these guys can step in and potentially play a role early and and it really all depends um you know you've got you've got um the williams kid that is i mean obviously size speed basketball raw football ability but the guy I kind of keep hearing a little bit more, and I'll share that. I mean, this is for the YouTube audience first because I keep hearing about Yaz Haynes. Yep. I mean, you know, Yazid Haynes. I mean, I keep hearing kind of just like little tidbits of 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 different things that make me think because over the years you hear about, oh, well, so-and-so showed up, and, man, he's, he's a lot more athletic than we thought. That goes in one mm-hmm. ear and out the other. And as big as my head is, that takes like, you know, 30 seconds. Let me um, let me ask you about Haynes. Yeah, that is a that is a sizable distance. Yeah, it is one hundred kilometers or miles. Mile. Uh, is Haynes a, a uh, fair comparison? Would you compare him? Is he similar to AD? No, I would say he's. Uh, I would say he's another guy that I would that I would classify in two letters, and that's TK. I think he's more Tavares King. Gosh. than anything else i was team tk i'm still team tk yeah I, me too dude Tavares king I hope, li- I hope he's listening to this because one of the things that i've always thought about tk is one um he one of his press conferences one of his media availabilities before he left 
he talked about the receiving core in 2013. He said, hey, listen, the only thing they're going to be missing next year is a pretty face um, because they were losing him. So I love that comment. Um, Roos knows the guy that we used to work at Clark Central, a guy named Aaron Self. He was the defensive coordinator at Clark Central, and they played half Central. And I remember him coming in because I worked at Clark Central for a year, and he told me that that dude right there, because I we were talking about him going into the game. I used to see Aaron Self every day. And he eventually became the head coach at Clark Central. He had worked at the Citadel. And we were talking about TK, and he goes, he told me going into the game like the Wednesday before, he goes, ah, I think we got him. And then he saw me on Monday, and the first thing he said from like 100 feet away was like, we didn't have him, okay? <laughs> and that's the first thing he said. Good dude. Love that guy. Um, but also, Tavares King, I believe, has two of the best six or seven, maybe eight uh, receiving seasons in Georgia history. Um, you want to look at that 2012 game um, and, you know, Georgia having a chance to beat Alabama and, and Chris Conley dropping that pass, TK made – massive plays in that football game. I can't remember what is but but I but I do believe Yaz Yaz Haynes, Yazid Haynes kind of reminds me of him. Now I don't know competition level, whatever, but when you hear about a guy being fast or twitchy or or playmaking seven on seven, I don't know. You hear it so many times it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But when you start hearing about a guy talking about like he's business like he's serious. He talks to people. He does this. Those are the kind of things you're hearing about, Yazid Haynes. And I heard those same things about uh, Nicobe Dean right away, Michael Williams right away. Um, he has that kind of seriousness and intention, in, in, intentional uh, quality about the way he goes about the game that makes me think he's got a chance to be a really good player. Yeah, Here's a like take from Jarvis Browner in our comments. The loss of Ra Ra Thomas is not that significant at all, trust me. Um, I don't think Georgia's coaching staff feels that way because they definitely wanted him really, really bad out of the portal. But that doesn't mean that the depth isn't there to uh, to overtake him and make the loss sting a little bit if he is indeed lost. I mean, we don't know that that's going to happen yet. So we, we want to be clear about that. Uh, we don't know. Georgia hasn't decided anything yet. They're going to do their due diligence and run through all the facts. And you can read the uh, report over at dogshq.com and – I'm sure you've probably already made up your mind on what's going to happen, but we will see. There hasn't been anything decided yet. Uh, Roos, you mentioned the the incoming talent coming in, and I want to touch on the tight ends. Let's just go ahead and get to upcoming signing day news and, and also talk about the tight ends that are already secured for Georgia. I mean, if you go through and look at all the pass catchers coming in, um, it's not a traditional evaluation where you look at only the receiver's and you just say, okay, maybe we hit on one of the tight ends. I mean, Georgia's got a grab bag of tight end talent coming in, too. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty special, man. I, I've told people, I, listen, I think Georgia is the team to beat for Deuce Robinson. I think that Georgia is in a great position uh, heading into next week for Deuce Robinson. If you didn't get Deuce Robinson, you'd still be okay at tight end, more than okay. You've got two elite players coming in at the tight end position. Pierce Sperlin, uh, you know, I've talked about him on this show several times. I was curious to see how he'd come back from uh, injury. He goes out to San Antonio at the Adidas game, and people said it looked like he never lost a step and probably even got better even after injury. Then you got Lawson Lucky who comes in, uh, a guy with an ample skill set as well, a lot of speed, great blocker. 
I think you've got two guys already coming in that are outstanding. And then I do like your chances with Deuce Robinson. And you're talking about Deuce Robinson. Anybody who's watched those videos of him uh, at the Polynesian Bowl or whatever, I mean, that's a different cat, man. That's that's a different dude. Um, you know, No those- disrespect to the Polynesian Bowl, by the way. I don't keep up with all the All-Star games. I thought it was like a dipping sauce uh, competition, <laughs> like a Chick-fil-A deal. I, I didn't even know they had a Polynesian Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, I mean, it's a genius thing because they, uh, I mean, what kid doesn't want to go out to Hawaii and play, but um, yeah, Deuce Robinson, just like I said, different cat, man. Uh, A guy who uh, speed, size, athleticism, catch range, great blocker. What do do you want? I mean, the guy is, the guy is a true do it all. I mean, look at, dude, he's just, I mean, he's just skating past people right here. Kyle Pitts, bro. Kyle Pitts. I mean, what is he? Six, six, like, Two thirty. Oh my god! Dude. I don't care. Yeah, the double move he just put on there. I'll tell you what. It, it makes me nervous for the kids that he's playing against because clearly these guys. I mean, some of them may be like six foot two, but he's so tall he dwarfs them all. Um, it just makes me feel ne- nervous for him. Makes me feel sad for him because the there's biggest, not much they can do at the high school level against this dude. The biggest obstacle between that cat right there and and college football and NFL stardom is a stack of Major League Baseball cash. That's the only thing that stands between him and dominating whatever level he goes to is the fact that he could make legit cash. Um, I've got a guy that I play golf with um, from time to time who is a Chicago Cubs uh, scout, and he is very high on this cat. Um, he is – he is. I mean, everybody is. And, and I think the only thing that – it's one of those uh, push-and-pull deals – where um, the only thing I think that keeps him from being a super high, not necessarily a super high, but a high enough draft pick to to kind of mess with him is that he's also a, a really good football player, probably a better football player than he is a baseball player, um, which only slightly better. So there's that little bit of conflict there. So maybe a team will back off and, you know, draft him, you know, top 100 instead of top 20. Um, but he is – I'm telling you, I, I I watch him. I see Kyle Pitts. I just I see what Kyle. And not only do I see Kyle Pitts, I see what Kyle Pitts did at Florida. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say up. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Kyle Pitts in high school didn't look like this. I because mean, Georgia recruited Kyle Pitts in high school, and and I I I feign. I mean, I I shudder to think about the fact that they may have turned that cat down, but they may have. Yeah, I think I mean, that. I don't yeah. know they did, but they may have. Yeah, it didn't seem like they pushed as hard as they could have. And yeah, we, I'll say that for sure. Yeah, um, I, you know, and I, I think- can't not see Kyle Pitts now um, that you gave that comparison, Row. Um, I think it's funny that everyone compares him to Jimmy Graham just because he looks like Jimmy Graham, like he yeah. resembles Jimmy Graham. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not comparable to him either. Um, but I think Pitts is way more. If accurate. Jimmy Graham, if Jimmy Graham, Eric Stokes, and and uh, and Deuce Robinson played for Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker would have had the same nickname for all three guys. You know, I mean, that's just you know he did because they kind of all had that same. They all had the same look, and and you know Mel, Mel Tucker used to have a nickname for for Eric Stokes, and Kirby Smart used to just bring it up all the time. So you know they they would they would have all had the same nickname. Yeah, I mean, but listen, Robinson, special. I mean, there's there's no other way to really phrase it. And talking about the, I mean, realistically, we we've I think we've all thought about it. But like, 
when you really get down to the nitty gritty of thinking about pairing a kid with this kind of skill set yeah. and size with what they already have, Georgia. Oh my God. Is, I got to, I got to go back so to that. Far, Georgia's going to be so far ahead of the game. Y'all watch this highlight. If you're just uh, watching our beautiful faces in terms of tight end. Oh my Lord. Yeah. What, what do you want, man? I mean, in terms of tight end, Georgia is Georgia has been setting the standard. You had a, a guy like this. They're ahead of the game by miles. In that's terms of that's just freakish that. stuff. There are a lot of times when you watch a kid that is, you know, playing against overmatched competition. Um, I, I want to say Brock Vandergriff, Jacob Eason come to mind at the quarterback positions. You wonder, like, okay, is he Darnell good or Washington. is he just playing against scrubs? No, Darnell Washington was like that in high school. I remember seeing him out in Vegas, and it was – I mean, he was that big in high school. And he was – I mean, kids would try to come near him, and he would just swap them away like it's the, It's the same thing with Deuce, though. It's like this is Darnell what Washington. an elite guy should look like against kids that he could put in the hospital. When I watched Darnell Washington's uh, film, I, I, I used to smell things burning. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, would, I would just be like oh my god something's burning these guys lighting stuff on fire he was now and i'll say this and i'll st i stand by this because i saw him play it at the time i think darnell washington would have been one of the most special pass rushers in the college game had he chosen to go that route in high school he was oh, that's terrifying he was completely unstoppable i mean you're talking about you know high school size kids so it's like you know, 230-pound lineman trying to stop a, a LeBron James clone. A lot of nervous there. mamas in the stands. Dude just over here like, uh. <laughs> Man, if this huddle tape of Deuce Robinson was set to uh, a song, what would it be? Uh, biggie, biggie, biggie. The Imperial March. It would be explicit. Whatever it is, it would be it would, it would be biggie biggie biggie. Can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. I, I mean, here's, here's the other thing, and the, and we haven't talked about this a lot, but going into National Signing Day next week, this guy is going to sign, but he's going to be a 24 guy essentially. That's Walker Lyons. Yeah, and George is in heavily there. I mean, kind of like a, a two-team race. George is in there now. He'll be a 24 enrollee, so it doesn't necessarily affect you this year. But you're talking about another four-star tight end. So you have a potential in this class to sign four four-star tight ends. Uh, Deuce Robinson being five-star, actually. So you got one five and uh, and uh, three threes. Or three fours, I'm sorry. Todd Hartley, just send this episode of the Georgia Show to your agent. You're welcome. Uh, let's chop some wood. It's a Chopping Wood Wednesday. We miss Palmer. He is uh, covering the dogs basketball game. Hey, and, by the uh, way, I, I want to I want to throw something in there real quick about Walker lines, um, because I just had to I, I'd had this thought and I just wanted to kind of Walker lines. Everybody talks about Deuce Robinson next Brock Bowers, right? All right, well, whatever. I disagree. I think he's kind of a different style guy. Walker lines may be the next Brock Bowers. <laughs> like that actually may. There's actually a comparison there. There's so there's actually a guy there. Kyle Pitts and Brock Bowers coming in the same class. Uh, who knows, man? <laughs> um, like, like, like my man Jake Roos in a in a in a, in a Toyota, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, alarm going off, you know? Yeah, Who knows, yeah. man? A yeah. uh, little inside joke there. I thought, but no, were, I, mean, I thought you were referencing my delighted adult state. No, 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 <laughs> no. Not the time you had to be put in the hospital and I had to sit with you. No, not that time. Give give um, us give us the one minute version of that story. You can't just oh, man. throw that out there. My man Roos. My man, Roos, woke up one morning after I made some chili. I, we found out later my chili was not a contributing factor, okay? He woke up <laughs> the next morning. We were supposed to – he was we were he was interning with me, and we were supposed to go to uh, – we were supposed to go see the kid that Shy Tuttle, that, yes. played, at, the, the played at Tennessee. Yep. We were going to go see Shy Tuttle that day. Roos wakes up the next morning and goes, dude, I'm dying. I feel like I've been – I feel like somebody has stabbed me in the stomach. And he ended up having to go to the emergency room. Oh I don't gosh. know what was going on with him. He had some kind of intestinal disease. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, he was he was he was hallucinating. He was he was. Well, they totally made me delighted. I was I I I'd thrown up all night, and then they hit me with this big dose of Dilaudid because the, the pain just couldn't subside. So they gave me Dilaudid, which if you've never had Dilaudid, it's essentially legal heroin. Okay. Yeah. You so, should not be yeah. near a vehicle on it. Uh, you shouldn't be. You, uh, you're barely alive. I was talking to the door. There was yeah. the door. That was the best part is he was pointed away from me and he was talking to me. And I said, hey, man, what are you saying? He goes, oh, Jesus Christ. I saw your face in that door over there. You, you were Matthew McConaughey at the end of True Detective. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Man, it was all because of Jake Rose Chili. Yeah. <laughs> With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We determined uh, right, that was let's not chop some wood. Um, guys, look, the Georgia-Alabama rivalry is alive and well. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm going to write something about it tomorrow. I haven't – I've been thinking about this for the last few days, but just haven't um, – put any words on the page but look there is a, a big difference in what you want to say about Georgia right now and what you want to say about Alabama Kirby Smart versus Saban the dynasty ending I'm not an expert in dynasties but I believe there's a little bit of overlap when you look back on the actual dynasties and you know world history and just because Alabama's dynasty may still be lurking it's the dragon in the cave taken a few arrows uh, between the scales, but it's not dead yet. Georgia is starting its own thing, and you go on a three-peat, no one will ever be able to say anything about you ever again. But when you look at uh, Alabama fans freaking out because a guy like David Pollock says Georgia is in control of college football, it can be true at the same time that Georgia is both in control of college football and Alabama's dynasty – is still on life support, and it can still come back to life and get you. But what do we look at when we talk about college football legacies and dynasties and coaching legacies? It's all about resume versus recency. And this was the debate going into this season between Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney, if you remember correctly. And it just caused a huge stir when people like Paul Feinbaum would say, uh, well, Kirby is a better coach 
than Dabo Sweeney. In a couple months, we'll see these coaching rankings come out that are totally arbitrary. Uh, yeah, that's why Kirby Smart is ranked above Nick Saban right now. He doesn't have the resume that Saban has as a head coach, but he's done more for you recently. So have all the fun you want to on Twitter with the Alabama fans. I personally don't see the need for y'all to mix it up. You should be like three-year letterman. You can't open the door with all the rings on your hands. You shouldn't be able to type insults back at Bama fans because you got two rings on your fingers. But have fun. You've earned it. You've taken a lot of trash talk from them as well over the past few years. But just uh, keep that in mind. When people try to come at you and say, well, Georgia doesn't have the dynasty Bama does yet. That's fine. They don't. But they are better than Bama is right now. That's me chopping wood. Listen, the dynasty goalposts moving, moving fast. Derrick Henry's moving them. I saw a TikTok the other day with Taylor Luan and uh, the other cat that played with the Falcons that Compton, Compton mm -hmm. Jonathan Compton or whatever his name, or I can't remember his name. Compton B.I. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Dante Shipman, baby. Yeah. Straight out of Compton. Dante Shipman. We're going to do a whole – we are going to do a whole Dante Listen, Shipman. Bark after dark. Barf, Roos and I talked about it today. Barf we're, after dark. No, bark. Bark after dark. We, we, okay. There may be some barfing on that show too. Um, we're going to do a Bark After Dark show uh, at some point um, very soon. Roos and I have talked about it. Uh, it's going to be Jake and Jake. Um, you know, we get we got to find a producer for it. We're, we're trying to enlist Wes. We got to see what he's got going on. He's got a, he's got another baby on the way. Um, we uh, yeah, maybe but, we'll just make him do it. We may <laughs> probably, probably be as effective. <laughs> I bet he won't sleep, bro. Yeah. Um, no, but we, we're going to do a whole show on Compton DI. Yeah. Uh, maybe because that Dante Shipman is the man. We love him. Uh, we we really wish we got you. We may, we may try to have him on. Oh, maybe. my God. I bet he would come on. He's about our age. I um, think so. Yeah. He, he, he probably looks older than us. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, watching, watching, uh, I've, I've been watching a lot of like different videos, YouTube. I love those shorts. I mean, I am the target audience for a Facebook reel or a uh, YouTube short or a TikTok or whatever they call them on Instagram. I am a the target audience because I love them. I'll scroll through 2,000 of them in a night. Yeah, you can I just thought, sit there and drool all over yourself and watch 500 of them. Yeah, and, and I've seen – I do that regularly. <laughs> I, I've seen uh, – I've seen uh, – I send them to Roos every now and then. Um, I, I've seen uh, several with Derrick Henry just being like, no, no, George is not doing – you know, no, no, George is not this – and I don't know, man. It's there. I mean, it's it's on the cusp. And I'm not saying Georgia's going to go back to back to back. And if they do, I really hope Kirby Smart doesn't give us a cringe moment like he did when he said, "I didn't." You didn't tell me we were going to go back to back. He I, might just retire. Oh God, I hope he does before he makes another comment like that because that really made me cringe. Interesting trivia. Does anybody you know? There's been one three peat ever. Minnesota. Minnesota, that is correct. Yeah. Nobody's ever happened in the modern. But no, nobody has ever three-peated with more than eight games in a season or nine. Yeah, those, I mean, those cats were those cats were still like farming the land with but after yeah. practice. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, yeah. we're not talking about the modern era at all. But, but yeah, I mean, I I mean Edson Bennett can tell you all about it. There's a lot of <laughs> mental gymnastics to try and make it seem like Georgia hasn't seized, you know, at least temporary control of the thing. They have. And and Georgia can seize long term control of it. 
um, if they go ahead and win again um, and, and kind of set history because they've already made history one time. And I don't think a big enough deal has been made out of it, um, you know, is the fact that Georgia won two in a playoff era. And um, I don't know, man, that that's different. 15 and that 0, is different. Replacing all the draft picks. Not, and, and the thing is, is I think Georgia has done it in, in kind of an accelerated playoff era because Georgia had a playoff game against Tennessee on November the 5th. Yep. And then Georgia had a playoff game game against, you know, a a pseudo playoff game against LSU, um, you know, in in December. I mean, if they lose, yeah, they're in, but then then they have to play in Arizona, come back to Athens, then play again in in Los Angeles. Um, And then they they find a way to win a game where they probably got outplayed for most of it against Ohio State. And then, I don't know, just completely, you know, flay – you know, and, 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 you know, just lay somebody out in front of everybody, just awake for, for TCU in a, in a magical season. Um, that was, that was a hell of a season by Georgia. And I don't, I don't know if it gets the, we, we, we haven't really, and, and I don't want to sound ungrateful when I say this or, or, or negative, but we haven't really had a chance to unpack it yet because of no. all of the kind of the, the frustration and sadness and everything that hit Georgia so soon after. I think that's the reality of it. It's not us uh, getting our priorities wrong. It's just what it is. I mean, it's been a pretty jarring turn of events, to say the least. So The worst worst offseason that you could possibly imagine off of the back of something like that. So far, to this point. I'm not saying it will continue that way. But I think that the stretch after the the parade, essentially, has been about as bad as you could imagine it would be. And I want to go ahead and chop wood on that. Because I was talking with a good friend of mine today, and um, you remember back, I remember when I got my first job. I worked at Zaxby's. I was 16 years old. And I remember working late one night. We had this kind of late cleanup thing, and I told my mom, I woke up the next morning. I was supposed to be, it was, we, I worked late on a Friday night. And I was supposed to get up, get up early and go work at Zaxby's at 11 a.m. Uh, or 10.30 a.m. on Saturday and I got up and I was like, mom, I don't want to go. I just, I just, I'm, I'm exhausted. And she says, you're going. And I said, why? And she said, because one, you said you're going to go to work. And two, um, you said you promised, and you know, you, you, you said that you were going to go to work. And at some point you're going to actually have something that's going to happen to you where you're not going to be able to go to work. And, that needs to be the time where you need to take your time and not go to work. And I always thought that was weird. That applies to the Georgia fan, because let me tell you something, Georgia fans, a lot of you squandered an opportunity to celebrate a national championship last year. You know, you were so worried about, oh, my God, Stetson's coming back, and oh, my God, Jermaine Burton's on his way out, and oh, my God, we got all these guys leaving. And you kind of bellyached all last offseason. And now this offseason has brought true tragedy. It's brought true sadness. It's brought like, oh, my God, some some true shockingness. And you have still – you wasted last offseason as a chance to – you got to embrace these opportunities. And even now, like, I mean, I know, you know, the the, the death of Devin Devin Willick and, and, and Chandler LaCroix will never be forgotten. And those two meant so much to the program. And, you know, we can talk all we want about the way that's being reported and what the AJC said, which 
you know, I'm definitely not aligned with. But you get so many, so limited opportunities to deal with this. And you had an opportunity last offseason without any real, true, real-life ramifications coming in and just slapping you in the face and keeping you from doing it. And this year it's actually happened. And now you're trying to figure out, okay, how do, how do we enjoy a second straight national championship? Because you didn't really enjoy the first one the, the way it was. So my hope for all Georgia fans and what I'm chopping wood on is, listen, when we've all had a chance to grieve, because we do need a chance to grieve, um, and and de- the, de- the memories of Devin Willick and Chandler LaCroix, and you, you've said bye to A.D. Mitchell and determined whether he's going to be a damn good dog or not. Um, and, you know, we've dealt with the rah-rah Thomas situation and all that's in the books. I hope you take a moment and you look at, you know, I, you know, you look at a Sports Illustrated like this, this is from last year, or you, you know, look at a media guide or something like that and you think, man, Georgia won back-to-back titles in the playoff era, and I enjoyed it. And I hope some – for everybody listening to this, and everybody that gets wind of this, and, and you know, if you catch this on a short, if they cut it up and put it up later, enjoy it because it may not happen again for 41 freaking years. And you need to be aware of that because sometimes, I mean, listen, I was, I started, I really became a Georgia fan during the Jer- Garrison Hurst era, 1991, 92, 93, 94, that whole era. And I, I went through it all. And I thought the Mark Rick, years were the gold standard and then all of a sudden georgia won a national title and by the time georgia did any of that it was a job and it wasn't fandom for me so enjoy it while you can look at look at usc and that was really well said jake um look at southern cal man i mean go back to that game of the century against texas they haven't been the same since um and i think everything you just said was really what i was feeling um and I really try not to get too emotional when I come on the show and like talk to our audience. But I think that's why I was more emotional about the A.D. Mitchell situation. I'm not going to dive back into it all. Um, whether you think he leaves a good legacy or is a DGD or whatever, that's that really wasn't at the heart of it for me. At the heart of it was everything that you just said, Jake. And like, are, are we really going to sit here and bellyache about this guy leaving when you've just watched back-to-back natties and you've seen a tragedy hit the football team? Like, is that really what needs to be debated or uh, the hill that we need to sit here and debate right now? And I don't know. I I think there's a case to be made for focusing on that um, because it's easier to focus on it than sad news. But that is really what I didn't verbalize too well that night when I did and when we did talk about A.D. Mitchell's legacy. I think that was kind of the pee under my mattress. I don't yeah. care what you think yeah. about it, and he doesn't either. But Somebody mentioned that on the board actually the other day, and they said, you know, that the idea, they said Dog Nation needs therapy. And then basically, you know, you've been able to. I think it was Matthew C. Yeah, it was. You've been able to ignore a lot of stuff because you've been able to turn your attention to a lot of things and focus on a lot of things because there's been a lot of bad things, you know. So you've been able to you haven't been able to take it all in in the way that you should or or even process what's happened. I mean, we're we're still in the 
the very early stages of all of this, the, the tragedy um, that, that befell everybody. Um, and yeah, I think that that was, that was tough. I think people are still dealing with that. I, I really don't want to have to follow him today. I, uh, I don't want to have to follow Jake Rowe after that <laughs> insane soliloquy with props. Um, but um, I, I guess, I guess I'll go in and chop a little bit of wood myself. And if, since we're talking about appreciation, actually, Jake, it, it kind of skews into mind. Georgia fans need to be appreciating already what's happening in the class of 2024, because Georgia is off to an absolutely stellar start when you're talking about that cycle. The Bulldogs are with, I think, at this moment, eight commits. You're talking about seven of them, four stars, one three star, but a guy that they really feel good about in Sokovi White at the wide receiver position, a great athlete, does a little bit of it all. You got your quarterback pretty well locked down and the potential maybe that you get another one, perhaps the number one in the nation if you get uh, real lucky. Uh, One of the top running backs already in. The number two and number three safety for the class. Number five linebacker per the consensus. Number 49 overall player in America in the wide receiver and I car. And then, oh yeah, the number one tight end in America in Landon Thomas. Georgia off to an absolutely stellar start. And we talked about National Signing Day a little bit. Obviously, this won't matter as much because the ink won't dry. But there's a huge Georgia target that's going to pop on February 1st as well. And that's Ellis Robinson. Georgia in a strong, strong spot with Ellis Robinson right now. I consider them to be the favorite going into that decision. Alabama has been kind of right there lurking and visits have seemed to sway this thing throughout, but Georgia, I think the team to beat for Ellis Robinson, how huge to add the number one cornerback in this class to go along with what you already have appreciated dog fans, 2024 recruiting on fire right now. And I think it's only going to get better as this uh, period rolls on. And then once we get into the summer, man, I think things are really, really going to turn up to another level. One of the highest floor cornerbacks I have ever seen at the high school level, Ellis Robinson. Like one of those guys that you're like, hey, if he turns out to be a mediocre to decent corner, that is his floor because he can be, he can be you know, extremely elite or he can be good, and and it really doesn't seem like there's any other possibility. Yeah, I mean that's I, exciting stuff, guys. Man, this has been a really good recruiting episode. Just all the Deuce Robinson highlights, this buzz on Ellis Robinson. Um, George is racking up the Robinsons. Me yeah, the Robinsons. Robinsons at Georgia right no now. No question, Roderick. Uh, yeah, Rodrickson. Roderick Branson. Ellis. Yeah. Deuce. Hell. Deuce. Jesus, the Robinsons, baby. Let me ask you one thing. I I selfishly, I really want Georgia to land Deuce Robinson because it reminds me so much of my middle school football coach, Coach Hedden. He would, we would play volleyball. He would pay no attention during gym class. He would sit and read the paper and drink. Everybody, it it was everybody assumed it was coffee, but but we thought we thought we the rumor was always that it was mint julep. Yeah, uh, and uh, coach would sit there and read the paper, and we'd always turn to him and we'd be like, "Hey, was it in or it was it out?" And he'd be like, "Ah, out, deuce!" Yeah. <laughs> like all the time, man. Deuce was his go. I don't, I don't know if they had that coach over at Collins Hill where Wes was at, but they had one at Atkinson <laughs> County. His name was Craig Fire. Uh, uh, he was our defensive coordinator, and let me tell you something. At, at Atkinson County High School, 
Um, the coaches smoked in the coach's office during the school day. They called roll at PE and they went to the coach's office and they they burned Marlboro Reds like they were fat lightered. Okay, and and then um, they had styrofoam cups and it may have been sweet tea, it may have been George Dickel. Yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> Coach Ed was one of a kind, man, an absolute legend in Fannin County High School football. Uh, Missed the guy, man. Uh, gave me the nickname, The Rooster. So I, I, I got a, a super soft spot for Coach Head. Love that. Also, I wanted to ask you, Ro, you said you worked at Zaxby's. I know there wasn't one at Pearson. No, no, Douglas. There was one in Douglas. Called oh, Kevin. wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, a guy owned it named Danny DeMesmerson. We, uh, we actually took – we were the only – we were the last Zaxby's in the state to take orders via ticket. You know, like with where you had the shorthand that you write oh, on the ticket wow. and, you, and you slap it up there like you're like a short order cook at Waffle House or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, got, I've got, got a five tender plate going down. Yeah. Never had so much fun making 535 an hour. <laughs> um, we didn't have. We didn't have a coach that we suspected of drinking on the on the job. There was one though that was. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was almost certainly one. happening. But our our it. our uh, weight training coach Jim Tiller would um, he was about my height and he was like in decent shape for the age he was was at the time, and he would just be dripping sweat by the time we'd come in for the early morning lifts. Like he was working out already, but his drink of choice was Mountain Dew, and he had the same exact like Subway plastic cup that you take with your to-go order i don't know if he ran it through the dishwasher at home or if he ever cleaned it at all but he, he ran that always, bad boy out he was always drinking a mountain dew or, or mellow yellow one of the two he, out of hey he, he rents that thing out at the nearest uh teacher workroom like the water fountain yeah yeah no question with yeah. no psi at all Bruce knows what those teacher workrooms are like. What what kind of things are said in those teacher workrooms? Oh boy, that's some foul things. <laughs> um, I don't normally do this at the end of the show, but we're kind of running up against it, and we all gotta go to bed and and do whatever we do after the show. But I was thinking about the quarterback commits, the possibilities in twenty twenty four, Roos and Roe, uh, and everyone watching. I want y'all to think ahead. I'm gonna make a note of this. What did Kirby Smart learn from the QB battle of Fields and From that everyone just raked him over the coals for? Let's say Riola and Puglisi do come in. I wonder what Kirby learned from managing that much talent in one quarterback room. You don't have to answer now, but I'm curious about it. I'm curious about it. Trust your eyeballs, man. Trust what you see. I think in real time. My my thought would be, and I think it's something that we've seen carry over since then, consistency matters. Best availability. Best ability is availability. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll, we'll dig into that because I'm uh, – especially if Raiola does end up coming to Georgia, I think that's going to be – Yeah, I think we'll probably do a couple podcasts about that. Just entire episodes <laughs> about it. Um. No, he did not dip in the cup. Matthew C. asked me about Coach Tiller. All right, y'all have a great night. Thanks for watching. Hit subscribe, hit like. We'll be back on Sunday night, and uh, we'll have a few more days before signing day then. We got a week to kind of break things down now, but who knows what will happen. Hey, so listen, five I need to shout out my man. will come out. Between I got a shout-out my man Matthew C. right here talking about the uh, – 
Topo Chico and the tequila and lime and ranch. That's my that's my jam. That's my jam. We, we, also, we go also Mexican Coke. Yeah, I mean, Mexican yeah. Coke's amazing too. But those those ranch waters with uh, and let me tell you something, low calorie, good stuff. We roll through. We roll through some uh, Espolón tequila around the row household. Just mix in a water. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-4247. Support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.